But yeah, so this so yeah, that's my, that's my nickname from Brick, and then that's Bambi. Why Bambi? Because he's like a newborn. He, he <laughs> called me that one day. I was just walking through the shop, and he just Bambi, get over here. And I'm like, where Where did you pull that out of? No, well, you get a lot of like really new Marines, and if you've been in the Marine Corps for like four years, you look like you're 35. So you get a fresh one, and you're like, oh, look at the newbie. It's Bambi. <laughs> look how young and innocent he looks. I didn't know if it was because he walks weird or what. <laughs> it's like a physical thing. No, we just call him like a newborn giraffe if he walked that awkwardly. Put a voucher before it. Just be like, these guys are fresh from the shop, so bear with us. Fresh from the shop, fresh from the Marine Corps. <laughs> we give you a book. Shop talk. Ooh, talking shop. That's a perfect name for this episode. You should have seen Chris's eyes light up when he said that. He's like, whoa, really? Right? I'm not as That's dumb as I look sometimes. Okay, sometimes. Or, sometimes. or like a small, frail deer. <laughs> wow. Or a newborn giraffe. <laughs> are there any are there any Disney characters that are like new giraffes? Hmm. Probably Lion King would be your best bet. He's not a Simba. He's not that cool. Whoa. Not yet. Ouch. No, you're more of a Timon. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. I don't even know how to respond to that. Yeah, I was better, trying to think of some Pumbaa joke. Yeah, it's, but, it's better than being Pumbaa. <laughs> right. I'm getting closer to Pumbaa every day. I'll go put my hula skirt on. <laughs> All right, you ready to start this thing? Nope. Welcome to Everything A, and then some, presented by Kibble Equipment. A frequently fun, usually informative, and always tangent-filled look at the industry that feeds the world. From cutting-edge John Deere technology to the impact of social media on the agriculture industry, no topic is off-topic. So today, we actually took the podcast on the road, first time. I mean, it was like 40 miles down the road. It wasn't like we went to Indiana. Um, But we are on the road at our Mankato store to talk to a couple of technicians, Keegan and Adam, who are coming through our tech intern program. And we're going to talk to them about that program, their experiences, why they chose Kibble, a few of those things. But then otherwise, between Keegan and Adam, it's also Sam and Chris. So there's no other Sam today, which is sad because he's the only one that ever laughs at my jokes. Yeah, so one of you you guys need to be the laugh track. Yeah, somebody else has got to be human laugh track. That's his most redeeming quality. Yeah, one thing I want to just commend you, I'm proud of you, that you took that whole thing apart, put it back together, the whole podcast kit. And it works. You're proud of me? Yeah. Like a father? Okay, write that down. So that's, that's the nicest thing I said today. That's one of the nice things you've ever said to me. I guess uh, the first thing we should do is have you guys introduce yourself. I'll start with Keegan. Just give me a little background on yourself. Where are you going to school at? How'd you come to, to, to find the Kibble internship program here for technicians? Well, um, I'm Keegan. I'm from LeSueur. I was kind of going through high school and I was debating the idea of college. I wasn't sure about it. My biggest factor was the financial part, and I was kind of kicking the idea around, and I stumbled across an ad for Kibble Equipment one day, and it was talking about um, how they're willing to help finance tuition for technicians that want to go to school and learn it. So I threw my number into the hat, and I got a phone call shortly after and got the ball rolling from there. So so did you grow up on a farm? or? Uh, I want to say kind of halfway. Uh, I live on a hobby farm, so I that have, counts. Yep, I have <laughs> I have animals in 4-H and all that. But then on top of that, like I've been very involved with neighbors and helping run equipment in that aspect. So I grew up around all the equipment and all that stuff. 
always had a love for John Deere since I could walk. My first little blanket was a John Deere blanket. So, see, that's it's how you get them. You got to get them young, right? Right. Start them young. <laughs> Brainwash. We're not comparing ourselves to the uh, classic cigarette companies, but it's similar <laughs> marketing. Yeah, similar approach. <laughs> right. Right. It's a little. Le- it's a little safer. Like my whole bedroom's just full of John Deere me- memorabilia. So, that's the way to be. Oh, yeah. are, are you married? No. Okay, that won't that, last that, long. That's why. <laughs> I'm 19. 19. Go, going on 20, though. Okay. Yeah. And you are currently enrolled at Lake Area Tech in Watertown. Yes, sir. Okay. At Watertown, South Dakota. So that's a, a there's different programs we'll talk about, right? Um, yeah. And so Watertown is the technology. So for those of you that aren't aware, Kibble Equipment is part of a, a group of dealerships um, owned by Brand Holdings. So there's us, Kibble Equipment, Platte Valley Equipment in Nebraska, and then Valley Plains Equipment in uh, North Dakota, and they have one store in Minnesota as well. So that the technology program is a combined effort amongst all three of those dealer groups. Yeah, and there are a few different tech internship programs. So the technology program is just with Lake Area Tech. And then we have kind of the John Deere Tech program that would cover uh, North Dakota, NDSCS. Do you guys go by uh, a different name? That do you, do you always call it NDSCS? Uh, I always say NDSCS. I know I think the school used to be science school, but I don't know the exact. Yeah, I think it was North know. Dakota State College of Science, I think is well. right. Yeah. Right. It's just, it's a lot of letters to always say, you know, like, do you call it like discus? <laughs> <laughs> I had a buddy, uh, I went to school in Fargo, but I had a buddy that went to school in Wapiton yeah. and we just call it WAP. Yeah. Dirty, dirty WAP. Dirty. <laughs> <laughs> See, much. there you go. Uh, and it, that program also applies to North Iowa Community College. Yep, in Calmer, Iowa, and the kind of Northeast Iowa. And then John Deere has... There's just a general diesel program, otherwise, for other accredited tech schools uh, that you would... All those programs, we'll go through kind of the details on all of those once we get rolling here. Um, but those are toolboxes, those are reimbursed uh, tuition. So they're really good programs because this is a very competitive area to try to attract talent. And so these programs are set up to draw in the best talent. So, you know, that's you guys, right? Hopefully. Allegedly. <laughs> so Allegedly. Our, We're working on it. Uh, so our other guest today is Adam Schnobrick. I pronounced that right. Yep. But you go by Brick. Brick. Almost exclusively. Yeah. And that was not a self-given nickname. No, no, not at all. That was a military it, nickname. And it's even on your shirt. I just noticed that. That's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. That's so we don't we don't have these other really strict uniform guidelines. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start with sort of your background, uh, where you're attending college, where you grew up. How'd you find this program? Okay, so um, yeah, like I said, my name's Adam. I go by Brick. Uh, I'm 28, so I'm a little bit different than the other intern we have here. Um, I did seven and a half years active duty in the Marines, and then I hopped over to the reserves. So part of that process um, of I guess finding kibble was I was on the kind of on the debate of do I get out do I stay in I did seven and a half so I'd already re-enlisted once and it was kind of kind of in limbo I wanted to stay in wasn't sure um and what happened is is I took leave for the first time in like two years to come home and I was like man I'm home I've got like a year on my contract now would be the time to start looking for jobs so I'd always talked about um living close to Mankato I grew up by New Orleans so it's like 35 minute drive here and I was like well we can go to New Alm or we could go to go to Mankato go to Sleepy Eye but I don't know Mankato seemed like a better opportunity so kind of like what Keegan did Keegan did is I threw my info in the computer 
got a call back and then kind of started the interview process and eventually got hired. And so what, what did you do when you were in the Marines? Uh, I was a transport mechanic. So I worked on Humvees, seven tons, big, basically all the, all the vehicles you see on the road. Okay. Were you always stationed in the States or were you, were you ever overseas? Uh, stationed, yeah. I was in 29 Palms, which is like by Palm Springs. So like the middle of the Mojave Desert. But so climate-wise, very similar, though, to Minnesota. <laughs> oh, no, not at all. <laughs> not at all. Can, I think the worst we had, we had a heat index one time in August, and it was like 139 degrees. So how does, like, so that got to be a lot of opportunities to fix stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Leaks, and then just everything overheating. It's, yeah, it was, it was good. Well, Probably I did, really uh, good at air conditioning. Oh, you hope so. <laughs> You're the you HVAC, <laughs> resident HVAC guy. Yeah, you hope so. No, it's actually, uh, it's a rule there. If you have an armored vehicle, which those are supposed to be completely sealed, you can't take those vehicles on the road if there's no AC because you'll, oh. you'll, you'll die right away. Die right away. Yeah. You'll pass out. Ah, sounds, it's lovely there this hey, time I, of year. I thought it was great. I loved it. But no, I spent, uh, I spent four and a half years there. Uh, I did two deployments and then I did my last two years of my contract in Oceanside, California, like 15 minutes from the beach. Nice. That sounds awful. Yeah. So where did the uh, nickname Brick come from? Uh, nickname Brick. Okay. So boot camp, I think it was maybe halfway through and we had gotten like a, like a newer instructor. I don't know what had happened that he got replaced or he came in, but we're reading off mail and he tries to like say my name and he's like, how do you say your name? And I'm like, oh, it's Schnobrick, sir. You know, screaming at the top of my lungs. And he's like, Schnobrick? I'm like, yes, sir. And he's like. I'm gonna call you Brick. How about that? Is that easier? I'm like, yes, sir. That works for me. I didn't say it like that, but um, yeah. So then it just, they started calling me Brick and then it kind of stuck from there on out. See, or you could have stood your ground and said, no, sir, that is not okay. <laughs> actually yell it in his face. I don't <laughs> think, I don't think I've ever been called by my actual name besides like my mom. I have some, I have some buddies who have nicknames and like sometimes I, they're in my phone is their real name, but they call and I forget that that's their real name. <laughs> Or their like wife calls him like I have a buddy Tito and I just never call him by his first name Aaron. So and his wife's like Aaron, can I'm like Aaron? Who's that? Who's Aaron? Who's Aaron? <laughs> in in high school, I had one nickname and yeah, everyone knew me by that nickname and a couple of is it arable? Yeah, Skippy. Oh okay. <laughs> I had to think about like arable. About I was thinking it. about arable, like farming, like arable land. No, but <laughs> a lot of people called me Skippy in high school and there were so many kids and underclassmen and stuff that would meet me. And they would get to know me for a little bit. And then they would hear someone call me Keegan. They were like, who's Keegan? I'm like, oh, that's my actual name. So Skippy, are you like a big peanut butter aficionado? Or are you like Pooh Bear in it in the cafeteria? <laughs> <laughs> well, because of the nickname, it made me an aficionado. Because like, you got to represent, right? right. But um, my mom got it from a TV show. Uh, I think it was Family Ties. The, the little neighbor kid that talks a lot. Because I used to talk a lot when I was a kid. Used to? Yeah, fair enough. Used I still to? talk a lot. So you're basically speaking to Chris, and you might be out of Chris's demographic by now. <laughs> I've I've never even seen the show, so this is allegedly. I would bet between the three of us over here have seen that show zero times. You're the only one that's yeah. probably got a shot. Yeah, I've never seen it. I haven't either. I just thought you liked peanut butter. When you leaned into that nickname, did you carry around peanut butter with you? Like You were like the cheeseburger Eddie, but for peanut butter? Pretty much. <laughs> I, I've actually got peanut butter in my car right now. I was going to make a sandwich after. I've got peanut butter in my toolbox, too. Well, yeah. it's, a, it's a good emergency survival. It's like, right. You know, go bad. It's kind of like so is it, are you a chunky fan or oh, creamy? Oh, smooth, because I'm smooth. See, I always thought chunky, I thought chunky, <laughs> chunky should be cheaper than smooth, because they just stopped making it halfway through. Yeah, you right. think so, but it's not. I don't think it's more expensive, isn't it? 
I think, I think there's, a, there's a stand-up comedian who's got a bit about that where he's like, the guys over at the Chunky Factory are all done <laughs> at noon, and the guys <laughs> in the Creamy Factory are working tens. <laughs> Back to your story. When you told the story about your your instructor coming in, I had a like a picture of the, the opening scene of Full Metal Jacket. That's <laughs> that's kind of how it is. Is that is that is that a real? In the Marines, are you guys fans of that movie, or is that like looked down? I, I think it's funny, um, but that's. I guess it is kind of how it is. Maybe not as aggressive <laughs> now. There's rules and other things in place, but that's a pretty, 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 pretty accurate representation of if, how it is. If if we quote that movie in front of Bernie, he'll go on a tangent about it. I love quoting that movie because he'll just start going. Oh, he'll be Bernie, yelling it from across the shop. Bernie goes nuts over that kind of stuff. <laughs> he's he's actually got a selfie with the uh, guy who played the drill instructor. I yeah, can't think can of the he, actor's um, name. I forgot his yeah, actual Arlie Army. Yeah, there yeah. he is. Yeah, he just passed away. <laughs> yep. Yeah, RIP. <laughs> we had a one of my almost old jobs. We had to have iPads. Uh, we, were, we were talking about stand counts. We had iPads, and we had to go to the fields and do stand counts. And we had a team meeting to learn how to use the iPad app. And one of my coworkers got up and he said, "Sir, this is my iPad. There are many like it, but this one is mine." <laughs> sir, what's your iPad's name? <laughs> Sally, sir. <laughs> Should we, should we name our wrenches? The only the only one that only wrenches that I have that are names are like the crescent wrench. I just call them adjustable hammers. <laughs> no, the Norwegian socket set. <laughs> They're standard and metric. So part of this uh, tech program, you guys got tools and toolboxes, correct? Yes, yes sir. So there's two things I, I've got about toolboxes. One, what's your favorite tool in the toolbox? I don't it's know. Tough. Yeah, that is tough. I do like the little pick set. I've never I've never used one of those my whole life. Being a marine mechanic, but that has got to be the handiest little tool for so many things. Oh, like the O-ring pick set, you mean? Yeah, like, yeah, like, the, the little four. I don't know, just they're so handy. I'd have to imagine you're blowing a lot of O-rings when it's 140 degrees in the desert, but <laughs> yeah, maybe not. <laughs> if somebody remembers to order them, my instructor might frown upon it. But I got to say, I think I think my crescent wrenches are my favorite one. The adjustable wrenches, yeah, use that a lot. So I mean, if you know how to use them, right? You know the limits of them. Do I know how to use them though? You bang on a lot of stuff. So. Oh, yeah, because you can, you can try to turn it, and then you can just hit it. Yeah, <laughs> that's why I call them adjustable hammers. <laughs> There's uh, Doing one. Who's the guy, that the Jamie from uh, Mythbusters? He has a book that's Every Tool's a Hammer. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like my kind yeah. of guy. My other question about toolboxes is, in my years of doing, you know, deer stuff, product support, wandering around, everybody's toolbox has got, I would call the equivalent of, like, if you guys have seen the movie Office Space, You've got to have flair when you work at the <laughs> TGI Fridays or whatever. Oh yeah, minimum everybody's uh, at a minimum of nine pieces of flair. <laughs> yeah, what? So you guys got to have stuff on your toolbox, right? Like you got to something that shows it's serious. You don't just run like a. You got to put some aftermarket attachments on there, right? What's uh, your best? What's your best piece of flair on your toolbox? He's got by far more than I do. I think the only thing I have is like a like an extension shelf that rob gave me but that's that's about it mine's slick at lake area they got a maker space there and students can go in there and like do little arts and crafts stuff for free and they've got those little cricket <laughs> you, you're an arts and craftsy guy you play guitar and all that <laughs> right, right right so i went into this maker space and i actually like cut out a big uh retro john deere logo and put it on the side of my toolbox i put a little s690 kind of on the bottom drawer which is the biggest one and then, yeah, my top chest that I had on it, I put my nickname up there. That was kind of my Oh, favorite. so the, the cricket, like the 
it'll cut out like decals and stuff like that. Right. Cool. Yeah. Do they have a, I've been to that school. They have like a <clears throat> CNC area and laser cutters. Is there like laser cutters in that space too? Uh, not the maker space. I think that'd be a little dangerous for students to walk in at their free will and use that kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Granted, I did do some of that in high school, but, uh, the CNC department, that would be pretty much if you're taking that, cl- those classes. Okay, cool. Last two weeks, you just start cutting random crap. <laughs> right. <laughs> going to this just crap walk in with a big sheet of steel. Just start cutting it out. What, what are you doing? It's drilling holes. <laughs> Why? Last two weeks. <laughs> so as far as some of the details around these programs, um, tuition reimbursement is a huge one. So uh, you guys both were part of programs that had upfront tuition covered. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. If you go to one of the general programs, you get tuition reimbursement. But I think tuition up front, you're looking at, I don't know if you guys have done the math on it, yes. approximately $25,000. Yep. I think my school might be a little bit more expensive because they told me after oh, everything. Oh, he's throwing some shade over here. <laughs> no, because <laughs> I think I get reimbursed for housing too. So I think we're kind of coming out even here. Right, because with the housing, I think mine was estimated at like, I think it's like 35K. But that's, I mean, that's incredible. That's I I still have college loans left. Right. <laughs> well, you went to about the opposite of... Uh, I did. I did come from the exact opposite. I went to liberal arts school. Oh, so. which oh wow. Gustavus, just up the road. Oh, I did my... So I did my real freshman year at the University of St. Thomas. Oh, one to, of, okay. Not, not to flex, uh, geez, not to flex I'm going to scoot but. over a little bit. <laughs> I don't blame you. I usually associate with you people. <laughs> you people. You, wow. <laughs> it's just because we're better at sports. I can feel the heat in this room oh, right now. Oh, man. So, so you, how old are you? 34. I should know this. Uh, you're still, <laughs> and you still have student debt? Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, I just point out, I'm not making fun of you, but I, that's a huge thing. You guys are walking out of school with a degree, a job, and no student debt. Mm-hmm. That's huge. That was my main kicker on it. I didn't want to have to take loans out, but yet I didn't have the money to pay for it up front. So I was just kind of scratching, scratching my head, going, "Well, how am I going to do this?" And Kibble Equipment said, "Look no further, buddy." <clears throat> Honestly, this is probably one of the best jobs I've ever had. Because Kibble is one of the only programs that does the upfront tuition, right? Yeah. So every John, most John Deere dealers do offer something, and they're all usually different. But like, I, I would agree with you. Most have a yeah, you earn it back. Exactly. So you, you come to work, and then every every year you earn it back. Right. Yep. But then you're not locked into being I, there for, what, three years? So, Keegan, did you look at other any other programs other than the Kibble Tech program, or did you just kind of, this sounds good, I'm going to roll with it? I'm very impulsive, so, yes, I just went, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> hey, that's a, that's a good, I mean, that's a good character trait because I'm a waffler. I'm like, oh, I don't know, I don't know. I didn't commit to Gustavus to college till like, May. Well, I had, like, last pick at housing because I – Basically got in right before the deadline. So these programs, I mean, this program through Kibble is a limited as far as headcount, right? It's, uh, right now it says we're, we're pretty much full for next year. So the, there is some, some, a bit of, you got to get on this program because we, you know, if you want to get in, cause it's not just like, like you said, you can't just decide one day and it's, and it might be intimidating to think I'm going to commit. And if you don't know for sure if this is something that you want to do uh, for your career, we do offer, I don't know if either one of you guys, well, you obviously didn't do it. Um, uh, I think that we call it a provisional internship. So when you're in high school still, you can come and work uh, at the dealership. We get to know you, you get to know us, and then you can, we can decide, hey, are we going to move forward with one of these, you know? Yeah, somebody, 
Yeah, like from our, our recruiting group standpoint, they're super open to doing job shadows, tours of stores. If you want to, you know, spend a day at the store and see if this is kind of, I mean, if it's got the right vibe, it's like touring a college, you know, like you've, it's a big commitment. And so you want to make sure you're making the right one. And so if, if there's something you need to, if you need help with before you commit to the program, that's definitely anything we can handle. We'll, we'll help with so and actually that provisional internship is exactly what i did before i started well i shouldn't say before i started that's what i did when i started here i worked through the last semester of my high school year and then all of last summer and yeah it was pretty much at the end of the school year I had to sit down with the district manager and service manager and you know is this what you want to do if so we'll sign your papers and stuff here and get the ball rolling that's what we did cool no i like it yeah, and so there's there is a commitment after graduation for any of these programs too. That's worth noting. I mean, for your guys's program, you're looking at a three year commitment after graduation. So it's like two years in the program, three years after graduation. For the general diesel tech program, it's uh, five years after graduation is the commitment. So there are some differences there that are worth noting since we're going through all these programs. And then, of course, I think the big thing too. You guys go into the programs you're going to. When you walk out the door, you've got all your John Deere certifications. Mm-hmm. You know your John Deere certified technician out of the box. Uh, right. Your diesel, your electrical, your um, service advisor, probably air conditioning. I, there's so. Yep. What would you say is your favorite? Both of you guys, what's your favorite machine fixing story that I can put on this podcast? <laughs> machine fixing story. And I, I wouldn't Ooh. say it has to be limited <clears throat> to your time here. If it was when you know you're at the canning company or, or whatever, yeah. 95 degrees with humidity and mosquitoes are eating you alive. You're covered in pea juice. It's it's bad. And not 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 bodily fluid pea juice. But, yeah, pea's but, the but, vegetable. Yes, yes. But I don't know. My my first internship from Lake Area this fall and into the winter a little bit. I got the opportunity to do my first engine overhaul on an 8770 with a 10 liter engine. Um, that was pretty fun it was a little eye-opening at first I was a little nervous because I had never torn an engine down to the block before and I'm just kind of remember thinking the whole time I'm tearing it apart you know it's it's one thing to tear it apart to put it back together that's another thing so how did you keep track of all your nuts and bolts just little co- old cool whip tubs that you just threw a permanent marker <laughs> label on one I, I had two <laughs> tables and you just you you put everything basically in order from how you took it apart and keep it by each other. So when you go back together, you just re- work in re- reverse order on your little table there. But it's hard when you have to start cleaning a, or cleaning some of the p- pieces and parts off because then you're kind of like, oh, where did I set that? Oh, that's over here. And then someone bumps a table and bolts go everywhere. So now you're crawling around looking for bolts and stuff like that. So I could have been a little more organized, but... that's a, You learn as you go. Yeah, one of the things I've learned is the best tool... When you're doing this, especially if it's a project that's going to take multiple days, is a camera phone. Because mm-hmm. you take a picture of what it looked like when before you took it apart. Yep. Take a picture of all the, you know, when you're leaving for the day, take a picture of the, the bench. My, my cell phone is filled with, like, pictures of pumps I've taken apart or stuff like yeah. that. It just because just I, yeah, I know I'm not going to be able to remember all of that moving. No. Yeah. And once you clean it, too, you're like, well, this doesn't look the same anymore. Right. There's nothing. Did you can actually see way? what this is supposed to look like now. So on your engine overhaul, how many bolts did you have left when you got done? I plead the fifth. Because <laughs> I say that from experience. Uh, uh, my dad and I tore down 
uh, an old engine of mine on a pickup truck, right? Mm -hmm. And the long story is that I crashed a 92 GMC and bought a smashed up 94 Chevy and put them together. I thought they looked the same. Apparently they're not. Rat so, rod. Yeah, it's, rat it, rod. like there's about 150 butt connectors in there. <laughs> Scotch locks. I can I can be living proof that butt connectors work. Um, but as we that's we tore the whole engine out, you know, off the chassis, everything, and all those bolts. I mean, we we like I said, we just put them in the, like old Kuwip tubs around the shop, and then when we got done, we had just a big old bucket full of bolts, and we're like, where do these go? I just we just called it uh, weight reduction. In, in high school shop class, our this was dangerous. Our principal's daughter's car, and I can't remember what model it was. Um, she ran it on a coolant and had to overhaul, I think, just to do a head swap or whatever. Anyway, <clears throat> got so it all principal's put. a giant cheapskate? Yeah. yeah <laughs> and he had a bunch of 17-year-olds. I, <laughs> I think today that would be a conflict of interest. I think he'd end up on the Probably. news. Um, so anyway, I wasn't involved with it, but there's like three buddies that tore this thing down and put it back together. And then she came and she drove it off and then... <laughs> The shop teacher came up and they're like, "Well, good job, boys." I'm like, "Yeah, look, and it runs without all these parts." <laughs> <laughs> it didn't need any of this stuff, apparently. Those what are about? just those are all the old ones that you replaced. Yeah, yeah right. that's exactly right. right. How about you, Brick? Oh, um, we're in the middle of Syria, and um, we were we were way in like the safe area, but you could hear all the stuff going on in the background. And there was one dude, Ski, we called him. He's like got his head down in an M wrap and he's like fixing stuff and you hear something go off in the background and he like sticks his head back up and he's like over here. <laughs> <laughs> I've been I've been in country for like two weeks. I was like holy, like, all right. <laughs> um, so that just happened. I was like, all right, we're really here. Okay. Um, no, we had another truck. I I would say I do have a John Deere one that I'll get to, but I think we had a different one on that same deployment where it was like a like a big uh, three axle troop carrier type vehicle and it had worked just fine for like the first six weeks i think uh we were moving people all over doing troop transport and whatnot and we parked it one day and then the night before we had a, a convoy we went and filled it up parked it back there again and then the morning of they're like getting ready to leave and they're like truck doesn't start so then they wake my ass up at like six in the morning before they go and they're like, Hey Brick, our truck doesn't start. And I'm like, we just filled it up last night. I was like, did you put it in park? Like, what do you, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, they like couldn't get it to start. And I was like, what in the world? So dinked around, looked around, couldn't figure anything out. And then as I dug deeper into it, we went in there and there was jumper wires ran all through the engine. So there's like three main engine harnesses, but basically it was all jumper wires. So we put everything where it was supposed to go. And of course it didn't work. Somebody was in there for a reason. So we ordered all three harnesses. We order this other controller, get it all put back together. And Can you just get those on Amazon or? No, <laughs> no. So well, that's the part. The part ordering is a lot different. I think it took me, every time I would order parts, it would take me like two weeks to get parts. So we finally got all these parts in and we're like, yep, it's going to work, whatever. Put the, put the new harnesses in, put this other controller in, turn the key. Now, now it starts to crank. It starts cranking, then it doesn't crank. And then it turns out that the, the ECU controller was bad. So we dumped like 50 grand into this truck, finally got it actually troubleshot. And they're like, nope, screw it. We already got two new ones here. Just send this one back. So after, what, two months and like $50,000 in parts, they put it on a trailer and sent it home. And I've never been more pissed off in my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> so is there, that sounds like a lightning strike. Well, so I used to work in tech support for sprayers and sprayers get struck by lightning a lot, apparently. And so you'd anytime, oh. Oh, anytime you'd see a case come in and the word lightning was in it, 
it was like a nose ghost, like, oh, no, oh, no. <laughs> I'm going to sip this one out. <laughs> and it would, it would usually be a tech who's already got 20, 30 oh, yeah. hours into this thing. And a lot of times our response was like, just replace Everything. every harness. You're going to be money ahead just replacing every harness. Then if you're trying to diagnose, because it's just going to be, you're going to be chasing your tail all over the place. And it's like, you just replace all the controllers and replace all the harnesses or just put your hands up and walk away. Yeah. I'm going to take that advice for future reference. Yeah, we just had one in Owatonna. It's like an 8410 um, or 8400 type series tractor. The customer was planting their crop and he, he got hit by lightning in the field. Wow. Was it raining? I, I don't know. Obviously yeah. not. Yeah, it must have just came in quick. But he was, in, he was okay. But, yeah, it took the tech 30 hours to get it to the point where they could move it. And then he's, then, yeah, replaced everything. Can you imagine? Insurance. No, no I can't imagine. <laughs> Being I'm, in the cab for oh that. <laughs> That's why you need a dash cam so you can record what happened. <laughs> <laughs> why is my auto steer not working anymore? <laughs> <laughs> uh, because your GPS receiver has exploded. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you guys work together. I want to hear a story about you two, something you guys have done working together. <laughs> Again, I got to keep this on the podcast. <laughs> I don't know. Do we do we talk about our combine hopper? That that's a PG one. I mean, yeah, we can keep it PG for the most part. I don't know how to feel about it though, especially if this is going to be public. Well, you you got to tell it. You got to tell it. <laughs> okay, you're, I'll you're the victim here. Yeah, yeah, I am. This is your story. <laughs> I, I, got, I got victimized by Brick. Part one. Allegedly. Part <laughs> this was not allegedly. This happened, guys. Um, so we were, I, I was walking through the shop. I think I had just gotten parts or something, and Brick pulled me aside. He's like, hey, come give me a hand quick. I said, with what? He goes, I need help uh, uh, finishing unfolding a combine hopper. And I'm like, all right, yeah, that, that job sucks. I'll come out and give you a hand, because it was really windy, too. So... We're out there, and we're climbing up the top of the combine. Keep in mind, I'm about to blow away because I'm about a buck and a quarter soaking wet. So You're the, you're the human uh, iteration of Bambi. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. So we, we get up in this hopper, and we're, we're doing our thing, and we're working around. And I had to go from the front left corner to the front right corner, and it's kind of a pain to shimmy across that. So I was just kind of scooting my way. I had my back to, towards the cab. And I'm just scooting along, just telling him to hang on, be patient. And then he just, out of nowhere, just grabs me right right around the waist, just tosses me up there. <laughs> Never been so emasculated in my life. Lost my dignity that day. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I never had dignity. But either way. It was in a hurry. Ryan was getting all mad. So well, I was like, we got to get this done. Come it was on. worse once we Come got in the Bambi. shop. Chris is going around the shop. But, oh, guess what? I was throwing Bambi around in a combine hopper. <laughs> So what was your thought process as he's slowly shimmying <laughs> along and you, your patience is wearing thin? I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> well, it's cause he's like, I'm scooting over. He's up on the top and there's, there's Safety no. Safety first. Right. Yeah, that's why I gave him a hand. I was, you gave me two hands. <laughs> <laughs> I was guiding you. Guiding there was me? A, there was a strong wind. I thought you were going to blow away. That, so that I figured, was my. <laughs> figured I'd just toss you in the corner. Yeah, we should, we should call you anchor, not brick. <laughs> it was good. We were just being efficient. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Teamwork makes it's all the about dream efficiency. work. Yeah. At least we get paid now. That is true. That is true. It is paid internships. So, yeah, I don't think we talked about that. It's a paid internship. It is a paid internship. Yeah. Usually. Allegedly. Unless you do a skill bridge. Oh, because there's some of the. Yeah. It's being. Yeah, so the whole the whole time I was here from what it's fig- a it's a situation we're gonna get you back later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <that's, laughs> hang on. Yeah, the whole the whole five months I was here on the skill bridge from what February until my contract ended, I wasn't paid here, but I was 
doing an internship through the Marine Corps. So yeah, so you're getting still paid by the. I was yeah yeah by the Marines, and they so. can't they can't double pay you. So oh, okay, gotcha. It's strictly in the rules. You do not rate any extra pay or allowances. Military is very good about keeping their money. Yeah, so it's a it's a paid internship. You get in some of the programs you get tuition covered up front. In the case of Lake Area Tech, you get housing reimbursed. You get tools and a toolbox, and you get a lot of great experience. And yeah, to close us out, we'll start with Brick this time. If you could say something to somebody who's maybe considering something like this, or maybe doesn't know what their path is going to be, you know, coming out of high school, uh, what would you recommend to them for? They don't have to necessarily be coming out of high school either. You might just be looking at a different career choice, right. or coming out of the military. Yeah. Well, I think the the biggest benefit is, like in my case, uh, I had military experience and that time was spent as a mechanic, but we didn't get taught like how a lot of stuff worked. You kind of get taught like, hey, this is how the system works. Test here, test here, replace this. You don't really know how any of it works. So having a chance to come here to the dealership and actually work on stuff. And, you know, a lot of the times when you're new, you're going to be with somebody that knows how to do stuff. And they usually explain it along the way. But then you go to school, you learn for like Keegan, you're doing eight on, eight off typically. Pretty much. So with, every, with, every semester you have eight weeks where you're here. But anyways, yeah. uh, going through the program, it gives you a chance to work with somebody that can talk you through how to do stuff. And then you can go back to school and actually learn the, the deep down fundamentals of what you're doing. And then all the light bulbs start going off of like, oh, that's what that means. That's why he did that. That's how that's supposed to work. So it gives you a really good chance to to get some practical application followed by actual technical instruction, and then you combine them, and then you come back, and you're like, wow, I think I can actually do this on my own now. And you would say that there is more or less pressure in the Mankato shop than there is in Syria? A little bit, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Rhino's really intimidating sometimes. So <laughs> depends how you look at it. Let's wrap this one up because you guys need to go back and fix some stuff. Oh. Well, see you later. <laughs>